I am so excited for this conversation. I know I start every guest episode off talking about how excited I am, but let me tell you that I came into the online space convinced that there were like four Black coaches in the world. And it took until June 2020, which I think for many of us kind of understand that I started to see more and more faces. And um, this person was actually a guest on my coach's podcast. And when I heard her, I found her on Instagram and I have been obsessed as like an understatement because you guys know me with obsessions. Like everything she says, I'm like, yes, that's what I thought, but you said it way better. And so I am so excited to bring Tomasha Suber to the show today. Um, if you are not ready, get ready. Like it's coming at you. And this is the gut check that you didn't know you needed. I don't even know what she's going to say, but it's only from now. It's the gut check you didn't know you needed. Um, but that's how you're going to become the best version of yourself. So I am so excited to welcome Tamasha to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I feel like what a great introduction. I don't even know if I need to say anything about myself. <laughs> well, I didn't even say what you do. I just said you were great. <laughs> so. I know, I feel like that's like enough. Welcome to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, strategy coach and your guide to implementing custom strategies based on your personality type. This is the podcast where you get to elevate your zones of genius and create your best life by growing a business that works for you instead of you working for it. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream loudly. Yeah, so I'm so excited to be here. My name is Tamasha Suber. I am a leadership development coach and I primarily serve women, really helping them to go from just focusing on monetary performance and metrics and business to really thinking about leading a life of legacy and longevity. So I want to see these businesses be around for a long time and not just for a moment, not just for a specific time span, but really something that um, creates legacy, not only for themselves, but just for um, the industries that we serve and our families and you know our clients. Absolutely. So before we dive into the meat and potatoes of all things leadership, tell me something that you love to do um, that you're really passionate about, but it's not necessarily part of the leadership development coaching brand that we see. Yeah. So one thing that I absolutely love to do is cook. Um, and I think that like, it's like one of those really quiet things. Cause you know, like we're creating videos to show people how you're cooking in every step. That's a lot of energy. It's a lot of work. I haven't quite got there. Um, but I love cooking specifically anything around a good carb, like a pasta. Um, I love creating different pastas. I'm in love with seafood. I like making my own sauces and just, yeah, I love cooking, not baking though, just so we're clear. I love <laughs> cooking, but not baking. Baking is, I'm working science. on it. Baking is science. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm working on baking. That's that I feel like that's like next level me, but not right now. Okay, but hey, you have to know where you are in order to get where you want to go. So we're at cooking now and baking is next. Yeah. That's totally fine. Yeah, um, you can catch me at the Publix Bakery, but that's about it. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about how you got started in this industry as a coach. Like, What's your background? What led you to serving? I know you work with primarily women in the online space as well. So what got you to where you are today? 
Oh man, what a long journey. Um, I would say definitely what got me here is I um, was working in corporate. I've always been more focused in the operational realm of things um, in business. But in that, I got to work with a lot of different types of leaders. I worked with men, I worked with women. Um, I was able to be a leader on a lot of teams before actually becoming a leader. So like more of like a micro leader in corporate. And so a lot of my experience and background is in healthcare, marketing, and then a little bit of real estate. And so I got laid off. Uh, I want to say it was 2018. It feels like so long away at this point. I got laid off in 2018 and I made a decision. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my skills and I'm going to use them for myself and use them for other businesses um, and really get to show people maybe what they're missing. I saw that there was a gap in what was being taught and what people knew about. And, um, you know, I started out focusing on operational efficiency um, for leaders and um, really getting to learn their ins and outs, their gaps, struggles, challenges on a very um, like an easier sociable level in a sense. And then I've been able to use that um, just building of relationships and getting to really know people on a granular level to then kind of shift in towards of just focusing on leadership. Because what you find is a lot of times, and I'm sure you'll probably agree, is people don't think that leadership is a thing they need to focus on which is just, Every day. <laughs> it's wild, right? It's not even a topic. And when they use the word, it's so cliche. It's, it's not anything that they think they need to develop. And so I knew that I couldn't just go at it like, oh, let me help you be a better leader because they wouldn't get it. I really had to take my time. Um, so I did a lot of done for you operational things in the beginning. And that allowed me to just kind of develop some relationships. And then I turned those clients into leadership development clients, getting them to see that like, it goes a lot beyond just building the operation part of it. Now you got to like lead all of this and the people. So that's how I got here. I love it. Yeah. And it's so true about what you're saying is because people think like, well, I told them what to do and I delegated it. And I'm like, okay, that's part of it because it, it's getting to the point of letting go to delegate it is a process. But mm -hmm. is that all you do? Because if that's all it takes to be a boss, wouldn't we all be bosses already? Like I delegate to my children. Does that count? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's all it takes to be a boss, but to be a leader is two different things, right? right. Yeah, that really is all that it takes. And I think a lot of times, like we kind of, you know, we want to skip certain steps. Mm -hmm. We think that hiring people just skips certain things. And actually, um, it actually adds a little bit, adds more steps, right? And increases the complexity. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think no matter how great you were as a solopreneur, once you start adding in your team, anything that wasn't buttoned up, we now see. And, you know, the same way we want our, but our jeans to button, we also want our business to be buttoned up and having that recognition recognizing that is one thing it just unfolds in a way that you don't want to embarrass yourself you don't want to embarrass your team you want your clients to actually stick around and be able to be successful in the process so yeah. so many things of being a good leader uh, that are important yeah absolutely I agree all right so what was that thing I'm going to dig into your past a little bit because I've heard bits and pieces of it but I don't know if I know the whole thing it's yeah. one thing to say hey corporate didn't work out for me I'm gonna go do my own thing but I feel like it takes a little bit more for mm -hmm. you to say because business is not easy that's another thing that we all make it look like well anybody could start a business I'm like well technically but it <laughs> 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 do need a lot of a <clears throat> wherewithal to, to make it yeah. be successful as well. So what was that big catalyst for you to say, I'm going to go out on my own and I'm going to be successful on my own terms too? 
Oh, yeah. So for me, I think it really came down to the fact that I felt like I was being caged, you know, and uh, Maya Angelou is one of my favorite, uh, the late Maya Angelou is one of my favorite poets. Um, and I remember in high school, I just wrote this paper just about like, you know, um, the cage birds, you know, I know how the cage bird sings and like I literally when people ask me what did that feel like I felt like a caged bird um, in a lot of ways I had been I had experienced um, you know people not wanting to give me an opportunity to be a leader because of maybe me not you know looking like them I had experienced being a woman competing against men right like I've, I had experienced so many things I also had experienced my voice not being heard my ideas um, being stolen and my ideas just being crushed down and so I knew that those things would work and I knew that they would be helpful and I said to myself I want to be able to I want to use these ideas like the things that I know that I'm thinking about and I'm creating and I know that will help and be successful. I want to use them. I want to create them um, and just kind of get them out into the world. And I want to I want to be able to appreciate my brain. And I don't know about you, but I think in corporate sometimes you cannot appreciate your brain. It's like they want they tell you they want you to think, but then you really can't. And so that was really the catalyst for me. It was like, you know what? I'm tired of feeling like this caged bird. It's like. I can do only, I can only fly as far as this cage. I can only do as much as they tell me. And I just wanted to open up the door and, and you know, fly it out into the world and find my own way. It's so interesting that you say that. And I know you said you also had micro leadership positions and mid-level management, you know, positions. And so to see you as someone who was not the CEO in corporate to come mm -hmm. out here and teach CEOs how to actually be one. That was yeah. the nicest way I could say it. Uh, you know, it's it's phenomenal because it shows that your education was there, that your experience was there, that you've seen it on so many different levels. But I also think when we are the person who has to submit to other leaders, we recognize how we want to make sure we show up so much better. So not that I ever wish job loss on someone, but yeah. like I'm thank you that I'm thankful that it was your wake up call because me following your journey and seeing how you've impacted so many other people that I know in this industry, you know, God knew what he was doing, even if we didn't get it along the way. So. Yeah, I, I absolutely, I agree. And thank you so much for that. I think sometimes, I think it's important that we say in this moment that so many people, we see something as if it's happening to you. And I 100% affirm, believe, um, and am confident in the fact that I know it happened for me. You know, I was in a job that I didn't necessarily love. I was in a job that was really stifling my ability to lead in other ways. And I was in a in a place that, um, you know, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me. And so the odds, just being honest, the odds of me going higher and above to be able to do some of the things I wanted to do were very slim to none. Um, so I think that it definitely happened for me and not to me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I love that you've shared your story. I think it is so important for people to have that foundation because when you hit them with the truth, I want them to be ready for it. So, yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the, I guess, CEO foundations that they need? And I will say not all of my listeners are, even see themselves as CEOs. Some people are still in their nine to five thinking about a side hustle. So, but yeah. in order to become that CEO, what are some of the foundations that you need to be as an effective leader? Oh man. So I think the very first thing um, is to be okay being the first. 
I think so often we want to play follow the leader. And there are times in your career and in business where you will probably be the first and it is scary as hell. Well, hopefully that's okay, but it's, it's scary. You, it, it makes your stomach hurt. You have, um, I would even say some of the, the fear that pops up. Um, but one thing I definitely would say is like, be okay being the first. A lot of times our first level of leadership starts with us doing something that others won't. It's not even waiting on leading people. It's you leading yourself, even in a situation where there is no proof that it works right? There is no proof that uh, this will be successful. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing I wish I always say is mind your business. And I say it with all love, but also snatching a few edges. Can we please just mind our business? And I say that in a way of let's stop looking around. I remind myself and my clients to have vision of like a horse. Look straight ahead the majority of the time. And when you need to look over there, take a quick turn to the left or the right, just to you know be abreast as to what's going on. You wanna be aware, but otherwise mind your business, focus on what you have going on, your dreams, your aspirations, your next steps, your plans. Because I promise you, if you find yourself looking outward more often than you are inward, you'll be messed up. You'll skip some steps, you'll have to repeat some steps and or you'll build something really successful that does not represent you. Yeah. Yeah. So those are like my top two things for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that that mind your business gets hard because you, especially when you're in the online space, it's like, welcome to business. Now you have to hit 10K months. And you're like, I've been doing this for 10 minutes. So you want me to do what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, let's be honest, in your nine to five, you did not get a six figure job out the gate. There's very, very few careers where day one after graduation, they're handing you a six-figure paycheck. So why do we think that we're going to do that in three months of business? Now, absolutely, if you were taking your professional experience and expertise mm -hmm. and moving that into an online or entrepreneurial space, mm -hmm. you can do it faster than it took us to do when we were yeah. 22. However, it's not going to be overnight. And I think that overnight success becomes something that we start to absorb. And then you see it, this person, that person, the girl in my other, in my group program, whatever, that you start to think I'm never going to be successful because I didn't do it in five minutes. And it's like, we go to the extreme of like, I have to go back. And like, honestly, if you want to go back to your nine to five, like that's a personal choice. There are good companies out there that do take care of their employees. Yeah. So like, go do that. But recognizing, am I doing it because I quit or am I doing it because that's where I should be without minding your business, man, I can't tell you how often, and even for myself, right? Cause I'm still human. I want to say that I know all the things, but I'm still human of being like, all right, go back, go focus, go, go do what you need to do. <laughs> like yeah. at, at the same time, um, as well. So I love that. I love that rule. And I think it's so, so important for us to keep it together, right? Stay aligned to, to what's important to our own ambitions yeah. and not someone else's that follow the leader syndrome that we all want to do as well. Oh yeah. Cause I, well, you know, I think it's like following the leader is like a safety zone for us. Right. Because, mm -hmm. you know, um, cause you, you mentioned the part of money and I think it's a huge part of leadership and in, in entrepreneurship. Right. Um, because if you really think about it, whether you're in college or even if you go to like a technical school or you don't go to school at all, you're just like watching the news or watching society. 
Um, up until maybe the last five years, and I would even say we still have a lot of work to do, no one ever taught you to feel like you could have control over your income. Like for real, not like in that dreamy way, everyone can make millions and everyone can be an entrepreneur, but in a real tangible way, giving people the idea, the thought um, and the confidence that they could control their income, mm-hmm. it's not taught. And so <laughs> to come into entrepreneurship, even if you have a skill set that you're making six or seven figures in corporate, I've met people who make multiple six figure salaries in corporate and they still have confidence in mindset issues over charging $1,000 for their services because that's not taught, mm-hmm. right? And I think like that's something we also got to be open to. That's why I say like, mind your business, but also be super confident in the way, in like in what you do, the way in which you provide it, but then also why people need it. You know, why it's so important for you to keep showing up and to keep serving. Yeah, so something that I was actually journaling through over, over the weekend, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this to you. Cause I think the Tamasha rant that comes out of it is going to <laughs> bless all of us <laughs> mentally, spiritually, financially, in every way. Um, and you said that, right. The money mindset part is definitely not taught. It's like, well, if you become an accountant, a doctor, a lawyer, you'll be successful and everyone else, good luck. And like one out of a million entrepreneurs might become the next Jeff Bezos, but the rest of you, good luck. And I think the other thing that's not taught and even worse is leadership. You can get a degree in leadership. I have a master's in leadership and I still feel like it's not taught. It's this objective theoretical out here in psychology. This is what good leaders do, but very few people are saying, this is how you can become a great leader. And so one, why do you think leadership isn't taught? And two, how you fixing it? (laughs) Oh, man. So just being blunt and direct, I think leadership isn't taught because, um, you know, they just want people to submit to leadership and not actually embody it. Mm -hmm. They teach us how to submit to it, how to follow it, how to um, bow down to it, but not how to bad leaders. We follow the bad leaders too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. But they just teach you how to submit to it. Like just buy into this, just become this. And so I think for me, the way that I am trying to resolve it and the way that I am putting forth my best effort is I really wanted to work with people and women who were in authoritative positions, right? I wanted to work with women who needed to learn how to take control. I want them to know exactly what it is that they can do to not only just exist in a business, but also be the person who takes control of the revenue model, right? A lot of times when you think about businesses, we're the ones that run everything. We're the ones that get the results. We're the ones that change the company. But on the other side of that, I wanted to make sure that the women who were in those positions could also stand on their own. How many times have you seen a woman, right, be in a company and you know that she's doing the doggone thing, you know that she's running things, but then there's also like this, this man there, right, that's supposed to be right above her and they get all the accolades and they get all the praise. And if, if we say something, right, if we're authoritative, it's, it's bad, right, we're being saucy or spicy. If he's authoritative, he's being a boss and a leader. I wanted to show women how to be able to 
represent themselves and be that, whether they were in corporate or not, and still have that same presence, still have that same command and that influence as a male, while acknowledging that they are a woman. In corporate, right, the only thing corporate and books teach you how to do in most cases are male-driven and male-consumed ways of leading. Mm -hmm. I wanted to help women be able to lead while also being okay and embodying the fact that, you know what, though, I'm a woman. I have kids. I'm a woman. I have responsibilities. I'm a woman who's not just going home and just able to just get in the bed at night because, I, you know, my family's depending on me. I think that leadership isn't taught in a way that includes us, right, or respects us. That's very true. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I can think of, you're talking about the, the, the woman who has a male boss. I've had male interns who got credit from my work. And I'm like, how do you think they know this? <laughs> like I train them, <laughs> they, right. they're my interns. Um, and they'll still get all the credit and the recognition. And I'm happy for them to continue on in their career. But at some point, you know, when did those women get those accolades um, as well? So I think that's, that's a really good thing um, on how can we be assertive, but not get labeled, you know, all mm -hmm. the things that we've been labeled. And when you're a person of color and a woman, you get double the labels, you know, as well. And so making sure that you can um, stand firm to be confident on your own, but also for people to trust you when you stand up and you speak up um, as well. So thank you so much. Yeah. You know, like I said, for that mission, for that message um, <laughs> as, as well. Are there any other, you know, things about leadership, about um, entrepreneurship in general that you want to make sure these listeners hear and can start to embody themselves right now? Yeah, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that I want people to, that I want you all to, to really take in in this very moment is your level of awareness, right? And I think that awareness is something that like really kind of gets pushed off. It's like, how aware are you of who you are, where you are, what you have, what you've created and what you're going after? And what is that going to take of you? I think if we were really aware from the very beginning of like how much our big dreams will require of us, right? How much having that team that you want to hire that everyone's telling you you need is going to take from you um, and just how big and how incredible what you've already accomplished is, I think we'd have a lot more happier people in entrepreneurship and a lot more businesses going at it from a longevity standpoint instead of just a situational standpoint. Mm -hmm. really being aware. Um, and then in, in addition to that, I really want people to get really good and firm on decision making. I think that what we hear a lot right now is, I just want to take action, action. I want action takers. I want people who are ready to move and ready to go. But what comes before action is decision. Right? Just repeat that, just repeat that for them. <laughs> what comes before action is decision. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt with people who have seven figure businesses. They're trying to go towards multiple seven and eight figures. And it's the same stuff. Four figures, five figures, six figures, seven figure, eight figures. What happens over time is those people get better at decision making. And for some reason, we've grouped it with action. And it's like, those are two separate things. Sometimes as a leader, the very best thing you can do is make a decision you might not need the person, not, might not need to be the person to act on it. It might not even be the right time to act. 
But what you do need to be careful with is your decision making. And let's start working on being able to make a decision in four hours instead of four weeks, instead of four months and four years. How many of you, you keep thinking that you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to take action on becoming an entrepreneur. I'm going to take action on taking my business to six figures. I'm going to take action on taking my business, you know, to my corporate salary. I'm going to take action to, to creating an empire. You keep taking, saying that you're going to take all this action, but in you acting, you still haven't made a decision. Mm-hmm. When I made a decision that I was going to build a business and I was going to get to six figures without having all this stuff people told me to do, without having all these freebies and all these group programs and all these things. I was going to try them, but I was going to do it my own way. When I made that decision, everything flowed. But I've always been an action taker. I was taking action for a bunch of years and it didn't work. But now the leader that you see here, I'm one of the best decision makers that's in the land. I promise you. Right. And I feel confident in that. And that's more helpful than you being an action taker. I hire action takers now. I focus on being a decision maker. I love that. I love that. That, (laughs) I think that's so, so important. It's true because we do get caught up on, you know, the action. And then you're like, well, which action do I take? And that's because you haven't made that decision. So I love that. But as everyone knows, all I talk about is the Enneagram. And the entire reason about that is because of, your awareness. When you know yourself, you can make better decisions. When you know yourself, you know how to lead. Well, you can learn how to lead a team. Um, You can learn how to have the best client experience and also attract the people that are going to be successful under you. Because yes, you might have the world's greatest quote unquote strategy out there, Mm -hmm. but if you bring in the wrong person, it's not going to work for them. And so making sure that you can be all of who you are and body that fully. So you go all out. And so I yeah. st- it's, it's John Maxwell's law of awareness, but my whole business is based <laughs> on that law of awareness, because from there to me, it is the foundation of everything else. And you said it in the beginning, people are always trying to skip steps. If you don't know yourself, how are you going to manage other people? Like right. just how? <laughs> yeah. When people come to me, it's kind of like, you know, people get ready to work with me and they're always ready to like jump down their team's back. And I'm like, hold on just a second. I'm not a team's coach. I'm not a hiring coach. You hired me to work on your leadership. You. Mm-hmm. And before we can- That hurts. That's scary. <laughs> listen, it hurts. It kind of cuts throats a little big. Edges normally kind of fall off. But the fact is, I'm here to get into you. Because if I can get into you, I can permeate into them and teach you how to do the same. And I think that if we really gave ourselves more of an opportunity to truly develop this one skill set that for some reason has turned into this cliche term of like, I'm a leader. And it's like, great. But that doesn't mean you're displaying leadership. You know what I mean? (laughs) Leadership, Leadership is an action. It's a verb. You can be a leader, call you can title yourself whatever you want. And so I think those things are like super key and super important. And, um, you know, that's why I was super excited to come on the podcast, because I know that you get it and you understand it. And we're on the same mission, right? We might be at two different levels. We might be serving two different sides of the coin, because I definitely don't, you know, I don't get deep into the Enneagram that way. <laughs> but I think that it's super important, right, that we continue to talk about this action called leadership and not just the title of being one. Absolutely. 
thank you, thank you. Like, oh my goodness, you know, you and I would both sit here for the next 45 minutes and just keep going. Um, but I want people to be able to take in what they've just heard and process it. And again, it's not about your title. You do not need to be running a business in person or virtually whatever in order to be a leader. You can be the smallest fish in the biggest pond of the biggest corporation and still be a leader as well. And for you to take at least one of these, I'd say start with the decision part and the awareness part, but take any of these nuggets of wisdom that Tamasha just shared and go out and make your dreams happen. Even if you're the first one in your family, if you're the first one on your job to mm -hmm. go out and be that change, like that is what makes the world a better place. And if you go Google any company, including Google actually on how they started, a lot of times it was in someone's basement. It was in some at someone's kitchen yeah. table, all of these companies. And so it is okay for you to start where you are in order to become the success that this world is waiting for and that you desire for yourself as well. So Tamasha, where can people find you? How can they pay you? Because that's another thing as well. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Tamasha Super. That is my playground, my little land um, for now. And then also too, um, you know, one of the best ways for people to be able to know and keep abreast as to what's going on is definitely follow me there. Um, I love to share things there and especially we're going to have some new opportunities actually coming out really soon for people to work with me that maybe haven't been at that level, right? Um, that, you know, that multiple six and seven figure level. I'm really excited to be able to offer it. I'm going to be doing something kind of short term here, offering an opportunity for those people. But outside of that, come to CEO Weekend. I know you've heard about CEO Weekend. That is my retreat mind um, focused on women and leadership in the entrepreneurial realm. Um, and that's something that we just filled up August, but we're going to be working on is something that we do every single year and uh, but other than that catch up with me on instagram and uh you can visit the website www.tamashasuper.com and find out more details as we release them thank you so much i will drop all of those links in the show notes i appreciate you your time i will continue following you on <laughs> instagram um, as well. August is football season, so I couldn't even think about applying for CEO weekend this time around, but I do hope that I can be at one of those before you're charging a million dollars a pop for people to show up to. <laughs> I know, right? We'll get there. Uh, yeah, you better believe the football games are going to be on record on the DVR, so no no worries. I'm definitely going to be watching. Oh, no, I'm a football mom. I have to drive to them. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, because that's football season as well for us down here, but then, um, yeah, the moms, y'all are different. Y'all, y'all got that. Y'all gotta have that time. So I got you. I'll see you at the next one. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. I would also love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help other ambitious women listen in and join our community to unlock lasting success. For my entrepreneurs, I want to remind you that there are limited spots each month for VIP strategy days. Inside this intensive, I'm going to show you how to implement a personalized strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can achieve your business goals. 
The reason this works for my clients is because of my unlock method. Many women don't realize that when they learn how to apply the psychology behind their Enneagram type, they're able to confidently take aligned and consistent action. It's time you gain clarity on that next step as you own what makes you unique in this industry. Learn more at keycoach.com slash VIP. Check out the links in the show notes on ways to stay connected with me between episodes. Until next time, dream loudly.